After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Red Circle. Also on the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, and turn the notifications on. Also check out Off the Floor, winnow.app, backslash off the floor, $3.05 per month. Text directly to your phone, bypass Twitter, X, and all the rest, and get all the latest Miami Heat information. Also, check out our great sponsors. That includes Better Edge. Go to betteredge.com, legal in the state of Florida and most other states, because you're betting against others who use it. You're not betting against the app itself or a bookie. They're based in Minneapolis. You can play our tournaments. I am the pacer this week. All you got to do to win is beat me. Okay, five NFL games. It's on there right now. Go to betteredge.com. Use the code 5RSN. That's the number 5RSN. You get $20 to play and search for the competitions, and you will find us. So go there, betteredge.com. Use the code 5RSN. You got a chance to win a lot of money this weekend. I won last week. I'm not going to win again. And now, today's episode. Down to Biscay. Yikes. Uh, five on the floor. Ride for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buck said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing. Got an all band. Y'all seen the block. Stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust. It's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. We're here on a Thursday, the day after Dame Lillard was traded to the Milwaukee Bucks. Today's floor plan, I'm Ethan Skolnick. You can follow me at Ethan J. Skolnick and at Five Reasons Sports. I got Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander. We got Alex Salito. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. We've got Brian Fonseca. You can follow him at Brian Fonseca NY. Brady has the night off. I, well, he should get the night off. We watched him playing basketball. He's tweeting all that stuff out here. Um we were going to do a different episode today. We really were going to move on from Dame. That was the plan. Uh, we are still going to do the episode that I had planned, which was, has Jimmy Butler's window closed? And I put up a poll today. It already has 4,500 votes, and it is literally 50-50. When we get a 50-50 poll, we get a topic. So we're going to get into that most likely tomorrow. And I've got a lot of thoughts on that, but there are a couple of articles that were published today. Uh, the autopsy came out, and we said that it always in the, in the 48 hours after, you start to get – and that's why yesterday I was a little hesitant to go full bore on anybody except to say it wasn't a good day for the Heat because it wasn't. Okay, I mean and that's still the case. It was not a good day for the Heat. 
to not get a player of Dame's quality and have that player go to a primary rival in the Eastern Conference. That's not going to change. My view on that's not going to change. But the blame game is kind of what we were getting into there. And, you know, I was hesitating because there obviously was more here. And the Heat haven't really done a lot of talking publicly. But the talking is happening through various articles today. And not from Woj because he's Cronin Stooge and all this. And we knew that. And he was talking about this incredible haul that that they got. And of course the ringer pods and all that, that crew in Boston, they're just happy. He's not going to the heat, even though I don't know how they don't understand. They just went to Milwaukee, which is their other rival and all the takes that they had that applied to the heat apparently don't apply to the bucks. Uh, but it was the others. We said, watch for Haynes, watch for Amick, watch for Spears. Um, and, and also of course, uh, watch for shops because they're more uh, balanced and player guys than, you know, ESPN's, quote unquote front office insider uh, who was carrying water for Joe Cronin today. The other side came out. Uh, it came out first with a Sam Amick piece, which made it clear that the Miami heat were, and it was, it was Amick and Spears, uh, excuse me, Amick and Shams for the athletic, which made it clear that the Miami heat were prepared to go a lot further than Tyler hero and two first round picks, which we were telling you that that Spears report was dated. Uh, it was a conversation that was had at the beginning, but there were never the opportunity for additional conversations because the Portland trailblazers were not engaged. And that report and, and Greg, I'll let you uh, sort of uh, summarize it or any of you guys can summarize it here, but that report was pretty consistent with what we reported that a structure of a deal could look like from the Miami Heat. But again, the, the the caveat here is we're prepared to offer because the Blazers never really gave them an opportunity to offer as far as we know. Just Can we just go through the details of that first, and then we'll get to the more explosive report, which was the Haynes report. Yes, because that part of it, that, part that, of that it, context that added context to this. Added comp- to this. I, I hear echo. Okay, the context added to that will obviously dramatically change uh, what what this overall picture looks like. But just first off, there were two things that Sham said. One was, and this is the ridiculous one, where it's like, what the hell are you talking about? That the Blazers asked for Jimmy Butler or Bam out of bio in their initial conversations. I can just imagine the eye roll that took place initially there that um, – just completely pompous stance. If that uh, is indeed what ha- those, that, that means that the conversations were like, basically you're speaking with like an amateur that, that doesn't know what time it is. And, and so that, that was damning. And then the fact that it came out, what the heat was willing to offer. I think a lot of that had to do with is that there was pretty clear pathways to three team and four team frameworks. And, uh, I think it was a situation where you had probably a lot of teams willing to play ball as you eventually saw Phoenix willing to do. Uh, I think Utah and Indiana probably are still willing to play ball a little bit here or there. Uh, but ultimately Portland was not involved and Portland was on their own agenda so much so that when we get into the next part of this about what Chris Haynes brought up, uh, it's just unbelievable. I'll say this about the reports uh, I'll get ahead of, and uh, let me just make sure that I give clarity to exactly what Shams said. The Heat were willing to offer Tyler Hero, Nikola Jovic, three first-round draft picks, first-round pick swaps, and multiple second-round picks for Damian Lillard. The Blazers had little to no interest in engaging in a deal, is essentially, that's the summary there. Uh, 
three first round picks just for housekeeping notes. That's two from Miami. And I assume another that would have that Tyler hero would have helped get them from a third team. Anyway, uh, that basically tells us that Miami was willing to, to, to get into this, but it just never was possible. Uh, the rest of the stuff, this was about as good a day as Miami could have had from a information coming out post-mortem let's unpack this and figure out what the hell happened here because it's clear that that everyone wasn't operating in good faith and Miami didn't get the opportunity to make this all-in offer that we all thought that they should that that's the thing here is that when you take a look at what they were willing to offer it was pretty much what we said they would offer and we felt that that was better than anything that Portland was going to get, and it was. And that's where we're going to go here next, because what Portland ultimately took through what it seems like spite can only be saved based on what they get for Drew Holiday now. And so it's a little bit incomplete, but when you're talking about Hero, you're talking about three first-round picks. You're talking about one of the two kids, which is what we talked about, Jovic or Hakez. So in this case, it was Jovic. Uh, you're talking about uh, pick swap, second round picks. That's all we were talking about what the Heat's assets were. They were essentially willing to give all of them up, I guess, but Caleb and Hakez. And my assumption is that if the Blazers had actually engaged, they might have given one of them up. Maybe Caleb wouldn't have gone to Portland, but maybe to get another pick from Phoenix, from OKC, some of the teams that we had talked about. But again, they never got that opportunity to do so. And, and so you know, that's the first part of this. Uh, Brian, I want to let you kind of weigh in on that because as we look at what Portland ended up taking, and then we're going to, uh, after the break, we're going <laughs> to do the blow-by-blow blow on the Haynes report because some of this feeds into it. Uh, but if you look at what Portland ended up taking, they got DeAndre Ayton, who they likely could have gotten in a deal that included the Heat as well, right? Uh, they got a second-round pick. We don't know if he's going to develop or not. They got one first-round pick. I didn't hear anybody today talking about the quality of that Bucks pick, the way that we everybody was talking about the quality of the Heat picks as if, like, Giannis is going to die here in the next two seasons. Like, I, I don't know what Milwaukee's going to be. I guess, well, knock on wood. I guess you could trust the, the Heat organization more than you can trust the Bucks organization overall, but that argument about the quality of picks was always ridiculous, okay? And then, you know, you, and then you look beyond that, okay, so they got Drew – who they're not going to keep. And now there's a lot of smoke about whether they're going to get two first round picks for him and an expiring. We'll see. I, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be from the heat, by the way, we'll touch on that more, but Brian, what do you make of what Cronin ultimately took as opposed to what he could have got? It's just an irrational way to do business. Like why would you as a company, not even as a basketball team, but as a company, just not, work with another organization in your business where somebody in your organization wants to go to that organization who has done right by you, been loyal to you and has hung around longer than they should have. Um, and ultimately it didn't matter. And this is why I tell people in a lot of cases, loyalty is overrated. And ultimately, you know, when it comes to, when it comes to this, I mean, to me, you kind of screwed yourself if you're Portland out of getting more picks. And all of a sudden, yeah, like Ethan's to your point, the 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 pick for Milwaukee's fine because 
Miami is such a good organization that their picks, you know, aren't going to be, uh, aren't going to be very valuable down the line, even though they were in the lottery in 2015, 2017, 2019, 20th overall in 2020, 18th overall this past year where they made it to the finals. Anyway, they have down years. And if you're an organization that likes to, you know, develop and draft guys and you want to hoard all these picks, you can package some of them or you could actually, I don't know, draft well, develop well. And the picks won't matter because look at the guys that the Heat got in, in these picks, right? All the picks I'm talking about. Justice Winslow, 2015. Bam in 2017. Then Hero. Then Precious Achua in 2020. In 2023, they got Jaime Jaquez. On the board in 2015 was still Devin Booker. On the board in 2020 was still Desmond Bain, was still Tyrese Maxey. So, like, there are good players you can find that aren't in the lottery if you know what the fuck you're doing. And... Portland decided to <laughs> take a, a one fewer first round pick, two fewer first round picks because Tyler Hero was going to be in that deal and get another one, right? That's the other thing, right? Now, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, but they got DeAndre Ayton. And Miami was going to, that was going to happen as part of a multiple team deal anyway. We've all reported that, right? Miami also had more second round picks. I I'm very I follow international basketball and I can't tell you that this dude that they got in the second round was going to be good. By the way, Jaime Jaquez was a first round pick in this draft. Why is he not considered a prospect? Who the fuck is this guy that was drafted in the second round? And all of a sudden, like he's one of the young players that they can build around. But Nikola Jovic, oh, he's been in the heat system a year. You know, he was with Serbia. Who cares about the World Cup? And it's like all these different things. And this is why I tell you, like, I understand you guys from New York. I understand you guys. I understand why you're pissed and why you feel like people in my neck of the woods in New York or further in the Northeast in Boston, or just other people nationally don't give y'all the respect. And when they do it, it's like a backhanded compliment. It's like, your picks aren't going to be valuable because your picks are going to be later. Because even when Pat Riley is in his 80s, and even when Jimmy Butler's retired, you guys are still going to be a functional organization and we can't say anything about the Milwaukee Bucks. By the way, uh, Milwaukee got, Milwaukee traded one draft pick and two swaps. The Heat were probably going to get them three draft picks and two swaps. Okay. And then you were going to get eight in anyway. There were also a couple second round picks in there. And Portland, I think it's just, it's just not a good way of doing business if you're going to be just totally, totally irrational about this. I, here's the other thing that I thought was funny today was the reports are that Portland is turning over its team to Anthony Simons. Did you see any of this? <laughs> that, that they're going to make him the focal point of the offense. So why are you getting DeAndre Ayton? Right. Well, we, we've had impartial people come on this podcast like Josh Everly, who and, and others or who and Matt Moore, actually. OK, who people think he has an anti heat bias. He came on the podcast and said of those four guys that are always grouped together, Maxi, Hero, um, Poole and Simons, that Simons is the clear fourth of those. Now, we can have an argument about them one way or the other. But so you're telling me that they didn't want Tyler but they're going to build their offense around Simons. Yeah. 
I'm at a loss. And you're right about the first round picks. And here's the other thing about the Heat's first round picks. Wasn't it a few years ago that not even that long ago where the Heat had the bleakest outlook in the league? Yeah. So everybody and, and everybody wanted their unprotected pick, okay, that was being thrown around the league. And now all of a sudden it's none of their picks are ever going to be any good. But Milwaukee's are going to be high up in the draft again when they have Giannis still in his 20s. By the way, Giannis was the 15th overall pick in the draft, to your point, Brian. Jovic was a second round. Excuse me, not Jovic. Jokic. The two best players in the world right now were drafted 15th, and what was Jokic, 40th? Um, and and you know, and everybody is focused on the quality of the first round pick. Alex, I, I want to get to the Haynes uh, thing here after the the break, but I want to let you jump in here on on the trade that was talked about. If the Heat had the chance to make that offer, if they had the chance to make the offer of Hero, two additional first round picks, pick swaps, Jovic. Uh, salary matching, so Lowry would have been in there for sure, okay? If you're the Heat, would you have made that trade? I mean, of course, Ethan. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> Three months of Damian Lillard He talk, says like, no. They'll, they'll go after him. That's no, but let, oh, so let me flip safety. it. On the, would, if you're the Blazers, would you have made that trade over the one that they got? Yes, yes, 100%. I know I, we went through it on playback already. I just don't know. Like, again, I, I understand we all want the Heat to do well it directly benefits us specifically, but like even, you know, understanding that I just don't understand how there's so many writers out there and media members and just people online, like insinuating that he fans are idiots for thinking that their offers better. Like I just, I I'm, I'm looking at it like, am I missing something? Like, did I miss the tweet where they got an extra couple of first round picks? Cause I, I they got a first and drew holiday. Like they, they got a guy in the second round, which is fine. That guy was picked, you know, 52, um, so it's not like you got the guy who was, you know, you know, was right out of the first round. And in general, like what Brian already said it, you know, they, they willingly took a worse offer. They took two fewer, two fewer first round picks, not to mention that Jovich was in the deal. So it would have been, you know, they also took one less young guy and I just, I don't know what else there, there is to say about it. Like it, it's got me like to the point of like, if people are like, making heat fans feel crazy for looking at the bucks offer and being like hey why why, why didn't you take ours right like we heat fans had to sit through two and a half months or however long it's been of oh your offer is terrible it's garbage is this and that and use every you know vocabulary <laughs> word in the book to to you know say that it's disgusting right but <laughs> they end up taking one first round pick in a second a couple swaps and call it a day like i guess go ahead and try to get three first for Drew Holiday, man, I don't know. I, I think it's kind of a bad offer. I don't know how else to say otherwise. All right. After the break, we're going to get to the good stuff. Um, the Chris Haynes article, which we thought Chris Haynes would act more before the trade because of his relationship with Dame. There's nobody more plugged in in the NBA uh, with with uh, Dame Lillard than Chris Haynes. It's a close personal friendship. It goes beyond a reporter-athlete relationship. Uh, they're tight. And so I'm going to believe all of this from Dame's side. I'm sorry. 
And I don't even care what the Blazers say because they've lost all credibility in this entire discussion. All right, let's get to a couple sponsors, though, that we do want to mention. Talk about credibility. These folks do have credibility. Our guy Danny, yeah, he was upset during this whole process the other day, but maybe this podcast will make him feel a little better. You know what else will make him feel better? If you actually get your house protected because it's hurricane season. Reach out to Danny and his team, his family. They'll take care of it for you. They're based in Dade County, but they also service Broward and Monroe. And they will get those hurricane windows and doors, those impact windows and doors up for you. They're state certified licensed and insured general contractor. Find them at allproconstructionbuilders.com. That's allproconstructionbuilders.com or allproconstructionbuilders on Instagram. Make sure to contact them for a free estimate. And if you mention five reasons, you'll get a 10% discount. It's All Pro Construction Builders, 305 484 4429 305 484 4429. Do business with Miami people. You don't want somebody who's come from Portland. They won't know what they're doing. Also, check out Prize Picks. Use the code 5 F I V E. There's been some questions lately. Are they still legal in the state of Florida? Yes. Yes. I got absolute confirmation about that. No matter what the state's trying to do, it prize picks is legal. You're not going to get in trouble for it. You're going to get your money out. You're going to play exactly the same way that you've been playing all along. Go to prizepicks.com, use the code five, F I V E, get that initial deposit matched up to $100. Again, legal in the state of Florida. You can play every sport that you could possibly think of there. Two, three, four, five, six players together. Play NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, et cetera. But make sure you use the code five, F I V E, get that initial deposit matched up to $100. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. All right, let's get to the Dame piece here. Um, excuse me, the Haynes piece. It's the same thing. It's a Dame piece. This this is Dame's perspective. I mean, he did a diss track. Apparently, I haven't listened to it yet. It's a whole bunch of other stuff out there. He kind of insinuated on Twitter that he wasn't real happy with, uh, you know, with what happened in Portland. Let's get to the nuts and bolts of this. Greg, uh, g- give us – it's a lot. Uh, I-, I can let, do it Let's quickly. go through the timeline of it as, as much as we can distill it for people. Yeah, so yes, the one so- thing that I'll start with is that the article confirms 
Ethan, what you were told in terms of the two teams communicating after summer league and basically not having the ability to communicate after that. Like that seems pretty damn clear based on this article. I'm not going to read it quote for quote until now on September 5th, there was a meeting and Cronin conveyed that if he was forced to do a deal with Miami, he had every intention of going after every attractable asset. Lillard knew that he was unlikely to end up in Miami uh, Lillard said that if a deal couldn't be worked out with the heat, he would prefer, this is insane, to rescind his trade request and return to the trailblazers. Cronin's response to the seven-time All-Star was that there was no coming back. Lillard was shocked. He continued to work out in the facility. I'm now paraphrasing uh, everyone. Uh, Cronin didn't speak to him. On September 11th uh, was when that started happening. He didn't address him once. And essentially, on September 23rd, Haynes reports a Zoom meeting was organized by the NBA featuring league officials Cronin, a team attorney, Lillard Goodwin, and Ron Klempner, the general counsel for the National Basketball Players Association. They literally, like, did what, like... You do, and I haven't been these through these proceedings, but like they basically had like marriage counseling taking place. The meeting was scheduled with the purpose of opening up the lines of communication between the Blazers and Lillard's camp. Never mind the Blazers and Miami. They had to open up the lines of communication between the Blazers and Lillard. The session got volatile at certain junctures with both sides expressing their trust issues with each other. Ultimately, this really showed uh, there was also parts of it where um, Miami believed that Cronin was acting emotionally and that they didn't get the ability to really come back and offer everything that they wanted to offer is essentially what was insinuated in the, in the piece. That's basically the nuts and bolts. The fact that Cronin did that, this dude is volatile and I don't think he'll be around there much longer. And what he did to Dame is going to soil that legacy in Portland maybe forever, honestly. There are a couple of different things to evaluate here. There's what was going on, according to Haynes, between the Blazers and the Heat and what was going on between the Blazers and Dane. So I want to backtrack a little bit because there was a lot that happened before that September 5th, which is between the Blazers and the Heat and when the trade request was made. And all I can say is if you didn't believe our reporting when we told you that they spoke at the end of Summer League and basically the Heat told them to get their shit together and when they did to come back to them if they weren't going to give them a roadmap, that was confirmed all by the Haynes article. So we, we knew what was going on up until that point. And then the question was, would the Blazers actually ever come back to them with the roadmap? And I think if you read this story, what makes it clear is there's really nothing. And I, I know people are going to say we're being apologists for the heat here. But again, this is Haynes uh, on this. And I, I still say I, 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 that the heat had to find a way to get this player. I'm not going back on that. But it does validate a little bit of their frustration, does it not? Like you get to the end of summer league, as we told you that there was a conversation, by the way, he named Andy specifically in that. So I guess I can do that at this stage. Uh, The conversation between Andy and, uh, and, and the Blazers, of course, Andy speaks for the heat. He speaks for Pat. They have a one voice philosophy when it comes to this, this, all this stuff. We've said Andy makes the majority of these phone calls on the day to day. 
they had a conversation at the end of summer league and you know they didn't know what the blazers wanted they would not tell them i mean it's just like nanny nanny poo poo i don't know what the hell this is my daughter's nine and is more mature than this general manager for the portland trailblazers seriously like i i don't i don't get it like <laughs> you know, how do you conduct business like that, especially when you have another party involved who is your franchise icon and he's making a specific request? Don't you owe it to your franchise icon to at least explore it, at least explore it like, OK, if you go another direction and you say to Dame, listen, they don't have anything we want. OK, they really don't. All right. We've talked to them. We've exhausted it. You tell the agent all that. Now, I think the agent handled all this terribly. There are other agents in the agent community who believe that Aaron Good would F this whole thing up, okay? He made it too personal from the very beginning. The league getting involved at that stage was not a good thing. What's funny is we did podcasts talking about how we thought the league might get involved again. It turns out they did. They did on those right. Zoom calls because this was becoming embarrassing for them, and they don't like this kind of stuff being out there, particularly as they're getting closer to training camp and they want to promote other stories. But how do you not – at the very least, engage the heat and then tell them, no, no, you can't find us what we want. So we're going to keep looking around and at least make that clear to Dame. They just basically decided to hide in a corner, turn off their phone. Okay. Or leave the heat on read. Like that's what and Dame on read. And Dame. they left Dame on read, right? They turned, they blocked the heat and left Dame on read. That's what they did. <laughs> they blocked the Miami heat and left Dame on read. Okay. And, and it's it's just it, the whole thing is ridiculous. Uh, I'll go to you on this, Brian. But as you go through this process and then and then you get to a stage where you have these meetings and then, yes, at a certain point, Dame wanted to be with the heat bad enough that he was willing to go back to Portland. OK, to run back to the grind, so to speak. And they tell him, no, see, that's the part. The part about the heat's going to get forgotten because most people nationally don't care about the heat. Right. And they think that he got what they deserved here because there's an arrogance about the fan base and the organization and all the rest of it. Sorry. The part that's going to get remembered here is Dame Lillard wanting to go back. And Joe Cronin, who's not qualified in any way to be in the same room as Dame Lillard based on his history and what he's done for the Portland Blazers or Portland Trailblazers organization, telling him no. How do you think Portland Trailblazers fans are reading that today, Brian? Because the majority of them wanted them to work something out with him, right? A lot of Blazers fans I, I saw were like sort of celebrating that uh, they didn't send them to the heat. Therefore, uh, you know, they didn't do, they didn't give the heat what they wanted, uh, which is weird. And I think the tone of that may change, may not change. I don't know. I don't particularly care. I do find it interesting that in what we call a player's league of all the stars to not get what they want, Damian Lillard, who's been with this organization for too long, many would say. They probably should have traded him two, three years ago or so, maybe shortly after that Western Conference Finals run, and then they fell back down to earth and then ended up trading C.J. McCollum and made a whole bunch of stupid trades uh, since then, including this one. And I, I'm not going to make any excuses uh, for the Heat in terms of, like, whatever, but you can if you want to. Like now they're out there now. You can't like Greg, you said it at the top of this. This is like the consolation prize for this organization because all the reporting since from the major reporters has been like, Hey, did he tried to do this and Portland excommunicated them and wasn't going to cooperate with Damian Lillard 
and operated in a rogue way where whoever in that organization who did not care about what Damian Lillard wanted, their supposed franchise icon that maybe they're going to retire his jersey one day, or maybe this becomes another Kevin Garnett, Minnesota Timberwolves situation where he retires and he sees himself as more of a Celtic than a Timberwolf. Maybe it's one of those. Portland, I don't know if they have the greatest relationship with Clyde Drexler either because you don't see them doing a lot of things together, and he's probably their best player ever. And as soon as he left, he won a couple championships. So I think with... With Portland, they clearly mishandled this. I wonder if there's going to be a narrative shift. I don't think there there is that much, but there should probably be because this isn't a case where, like, the Heat didn't have enough to get the trade because at the very least, if you're looking at this objectively, and Brandon Anderson at Action Network and I sort of went back and forth on this, and we actually collaborated on a piece that debates both sides of this, where I think the Heat had the better package. He thinks the Bucks had the better package. Go figure. And we went through this, and it's like, look, at least they're on the same tier, regardless of which one you actually think is better. But in reality is, they took less. That's what it comes down to. You took fewer draft picks, because allegedly this organization is going to have better draft picks or whatever. And Damian Lillard, based on this article, seems pissed. Not about necessarily going to Milwaukee because he's going to be fine. He'll suit up. He'll play. He'll compete. That's what he's wanted, right? And he's friends with Giannis, although he'll be living in Milwaukee, not Miami. But, and he may win a championship. But the way Portland handled this, this is not something that you're just going to get over. And Damian Lillard is one of these guys, like he's, you don't, this is not somebody you disrespect. You know what I mean? Like Players are, some... are going to remember this and talk right. about it. Right. I wonder what the players association is going to do if they can do anything. But like th- this is this this being the 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 spot where the player, the star doesn't get what they want. Damian Lillard of all people, that doesn't make a lot of sense. And if you're Miami, I mean, there's going to be podcasts about what they should do next. I still think they got to do something, but look, it looks like they tried and it, it wasn't a failure necessarily. It was just they got just totally you know, roped off from the entire situation. I know that he was a free agent and not under contract for four more years. But can you imagine if during the negotiations between Dwayne Wade and the Miami Heat, Dwayne went back to Mickey and Pat, Henry, late Henry Thomas, his agent, went back to them and said, listen, I've had a change of heart. I was thinking of going to Chicago or Denver, which were the two teams that were involved at that time. I really want to be here, though. Okay, is the offer still on the table? Can you imagine, Pat? What would what the reaction would be if Pat? Because it was bad as it was, right? Mm-hmm. That they quote unquote lowballed him, even though with taxes and everything else, the deal that he ended up taking in Chicago was virtually the same deal as Miami and all the rest of this. And Dwayne's feelings were hurt for a whole bunch of reasons. Pat not getting involved in it, and the fact that they gave money to Hassan Whiteside, uh, who, who Dwayne knew what Hassan was, you know, the first minute after free agency. But could you imagine if there was a change of heart there and Dwayne went to him and said, listen, you know what, I'm going to stay. And Pat says, you know what, no, no, we don't want you anymore. You don't you come back from that. That got out. Right. I mean, I, and I know people are going to say I mean, it's not parallel because he wasn't under, you know, he wasn't under contract and all that. But it is parallel in terms of being a franchise icon. So as badly as the Heat were skewered, rightly so, 
for what happened in 2016. And and they've given the Mia culpas for all that stuff from Pat on down. This is a hundred times worse. Like the guy, Dame didn't embarrass them publicly. I mean, he asked for one team, but he wasn't out there every day. He was liking posts, IG stories. He was posting IG stories and liking tweets from Blazer fans. Like he wasn't out there saying, Joe Cronin's an idiot. They killed my prime. He wasn't being James Harden, okay? He didn't deserve that. If he wanted to go back to Portland, they should have said, okay. And if look, if they never wanted him to go back to come back to Portland, then they should have been toying with him in the first place. And and the other part of this, and I'm going to go to Alex on this, this tweet from Clay Ferraro, uh, who's at WPLG down here in Miami and follows the Heat very closely. So Cronin asked Lillard to sit to actively tank, something we talked about a lot here on the pod. We, Eric Brandt talked about. Then out of spite, they took a deal way below what they could have got from Miami. Somehow this is okay with the league office? Like, how does the league – the league office, you know, got on the heat for, quote-unquote, tampering with Kyle Lowry, took away a second-round pick for that. But the way that the Blazers conducted business, they they injured the integrity of the game with what they did with Dame, telling him to fake an injury, okay? And then they handled him like this. There's no sanctions. There's no nothing. There's just it's it's fine, right? Because I, I don't know because they're small. I mean, usually they don't favor the small market teams because so they're a small market. Um, Alex, on all of this stuff, um, what jumps out to you the most about the Haynes report? Is it the way well, they did Dame or is it the way they did the Heat? The way they did Dame, definitely. Like that yeah. was your guy, and like it comes down to they did bad business. They let business. Excuse me. They let it, there we go. Me screwing up commonly used phrases. There we go. Uh, they, they let emotions get in the way of their business. And I don't know how else like there is to interpret it at this point. I think like when, you know, yesterday when it happened and, you know, the, the, the offers were still kind of up in the air. And then, you know, um, today you get the Sham stuff and, and you and you see what was out there. And then now with the Haynes report, you see the behind the scenes and all this stuff coming out all at once. I mean, what else is there to say? Like, really, like, he operated in exactly the way that Heat fans and, and media have been talking about it. Like, he's operating out of spite. He's operating um, out of pettiness. And it's something that Heat fans are very f- familiar with, right? Like, Team Petty goes so goes back so many years. It started after LeBron left, and it was a whole thing. But for an NBA front office to be acting like that, like, it's just insane. The guy has only been there a couple of years, um, you know, in that position. I know he's been around the Blazers for a long time. And I just think, like, there was so much riding on this trade. And for them to get back that crap return and to treat Dame like crap in the, in the process, like, I just don't know how this was the best way for them. And then you have – and I'm not usually the one that's, like, going on about other, um, you know, national media members and reporters. But, wow, just, like, the onslaught of opinions of, like, oh, well, you know, the Heat's terrible package and this and that. And, oh, how, how could they expect for them to – Look what they look what they settled for, and then when you see these details, I, <laughs> they treated their their star like complete crap, man. I, it really is just kind of staggering the way that it, it played out. I, I I know we sound biased to a certain extent, but like it's not our details, you know what I mean? <laughs> this is Chris Alex. Hayes. Even 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 the, even the multiple like team. This. I was gonna say even the multiple team deal that the Heat. Uh, could have pulled off that involved Phoenix that would have sent Aiton to Portland anyway was going to be better for Phoenix, who would have gotten instead of Nasir Little, Caleb Martin. Like, even the deal that Phoenix did doesn't make a ton of sense here. Like, I just, I don't get it. 
It's almost like that they got the three deal was done for to just get, but, like they got three mediocre players for him basically. It's almost like the deal was done just to get it done. Uh, like the, they were up against the clock, and then also now looking back at it, it's clear why Portland needed to trade him by the time media day started, because they told him go away. <laughs> Could you imagine if, with what was really going on behind the scenes, where Dame was trying to sort of be the good guy behind all of it, and Cronin told him what was he going to say? If the Blazer reporters, whether it was Fentress or Hyken or any of the other people who cover the team, most of whom we had on the podcast, had asked him, what if Aaron, okay, who was not on the Blazers front office's side through all this, because I think he knew a lot of what was going on behind the scenes, what if Aaron had come out and asked Dame, did you ever consider coming back to Portland? Did you ever consider rescinding the trade request? What was he going to say? He would have. Portland's front office. You had to be scared to fucking death about that. Like, Dame is not a guy. Look, he tried to take the high road, but he's not a guy who's going to do it forever. Like, if he's out there in front of reporters that he trusts, Dame, in his farewell video, thanked Sean Hyken, thanked several reporters. He had relationships with the reporters there, okay, like Dwayne did here. Okay, because of being there for so long a period of time and just his general nature and all that, there are a lot of similarities between Dame and Dwayne in that way. Okay, could you imagine if he'd been asked that question, what was Dame going to say? He would have told the truth, right? I think he would have told the truth. I think he would have said, I considered it the okay, and all the rest. For sure. Oh my gosh, yes. I didn't know. I didn't know if you were asking anybody and nobody jumped in. Dame would have absolutely, he would have laid all the motive at that point. I All the motive to, to go and just tell on them, basically, because of the way that they treated him. This is the thing, man. Like, we, we talk about Dame's rap career, right? Well, what comes with being able to rap on stage is that you have the ability off the cuff to just go into a microphone and spit coherently and get it all out there. And I'm telling you that had he been pressed and backed into a corner where it's basically, no matter what the question that's being asked, what they're really asking is, Who's the bad guy here, Portland or your camp? Dame was not, would not have just been like, no comment. Now, maybe the Blazers PR guy would have said, that's enough questions and tried to, you know, get him off to the side. But I feel like there would have been no way that Damian Lillard wouldn't have been extremely vocal and very he's transparent. Brian, Brian, right. he's a boxer. You cover boxing. Like if yeah. he, if he was going to be backed into a corner, what was he going to do? Right, He's show the row, and, out of it, no? show the show the row, and hit you with a straight right hand. Also, by the way, media day hasn't happened yet. Like these, some of these questions could still come right now. If the Blazers will probably step in and try to, you know, do whatever, and you know, it's it's 2023, not 1993, so you know, you can't ask all the real questions anymore, so to speak, in these kind of settings. But listen, some people will try, and Portland's gonna have to answer some stuff in media day. Milwaukee's gonna have media day and Damian Lillard's gonna be there. And what what are people gonna want to talk about with Damian Lillard? How's does he like Pat Connaughton? I don't think people give a shit right now. I think people want to know about how this went down uh more in depth, even beyond what's being reported here. Because as we get this story, more questions are gonna arise, and I think people are gonna be in a rush to ask them. And with Damian Lillard, I mean, look, he's he's not here out here on Twitter. Or Twitter X or X or whatever. He's not out here on Twitter reposting Portland's video that they did for him. A little two-minute montage thanking him or whatever. You know, he's reposting fans who are 
you know, saluting him for the years that he gave them. And he that's one of the things that he's been leaning on is the fans or whatever. But you could tell there's there's a lot there. And I mean, I, to bring it to Miami, I don't know what you sort of do here. <laughs> but like, it's a, I, I think I think this this really reveals a lot like it wasn't it wasn't Pat Riley and Andy Simon. It was it wasn't like people just sitting on their ass doing nothing. You know, they tried to get a deal done and Portland was just like, no, we're not going to do this. And the league allowed it and it just didn't work out. And right now, I mean, we'll see how it unfolds. But these two also play each other the second game of the season, Milwaukee and the Heat, I believe. So it's going to be interesting when that happens. No, for sure. And the other part of this is that Dame was painted, starting to get painted as a villain here. But what really happened was the Blazers took advantage of his good nature. They -hmm. took advantage of his good nature because they knew that ultimately he would not go through with not reporting somewhere else. So eventually he would open himself up to other teams. And I know Heat fans, and I just want to close with this today, but I actually I want to let Brian jump in with that tweet and then let Alex jump in here as well. But it does seem in a lot of ways here like they took advantage of the fact that eventually he was going to open himself up to other teams because he wants to hoop. Okay, that's as we've had many come on here in the podcast and say he does not want to be that guy like just like LeBron hated being that guy. I was around LeBron every day for the entire first season in all those cities like Portland and Memphis and places that there was no chance LeBron was going to sign with those teams. And he got booed anyway, and he was completely uncomfortable with it. I remember there being a night in Portland where he got booed the whole time. Okay. And they're good basketball fans in Portland. They are. And LeBron seemed like genuinely hurt by it. And he was trying to kind of play the villain afterwards and fit, but that's not who he was. Like he came in the league as a good guy smiling and all that stuff. He wasn't comfortable with it. Some, some players are Kobe was comfortable with that. LeBron was not Dame is not Okay. And it seems like they took advantage of that. And so I just want to ask, and Alex, I'll go to you on this. There were some Heat fans who were blaming Dame for this uh, before these reports came out. Like when I polled it, who do you blame the most? It was like 70% Blazers, 15% Dame, and 15% Heat, roughly. Okay. Do you think that these articles absolve him of that blame? Or do you still think that he should have just stayed strong and gone sort of postal, which is – Someone close to Jimmy told me last week that Dame needs to go full Jimmy. But he wasn't going to ever do that. So do you do you put any blame on Dame? It's it's tough, right? And I know you love giving me the tough questions. I, I have a hard time comparing it to, um, you know, like what Jimmy did in Minnesota because that wasn't his, you know, where he was, where he started out in his NBA career, right? It's not Jimmy didn't spend 11 years with Chicago and then did that over there. You know, Chicago kind of got rid of him earlier than they would other guys of that caliber, right? Typically, like other NBA teams would. And and then, you know, at the next stop, he asked out and did that whole thing. I just think it's apples and oranges. But I I don't think Heat fans should be mad at Dame. However, he did concede a little bit, right? Like part of this is – and I'm not saying it's his fault. I'm not trying to say that. But look, like part of this and, – and you, I think you said it on the playback earlier today was that he had to hold steady on, you know, only Miami. And we talked about that, you know, it sort of kind of um, worked against him a little bit that, the, you know, Miami was kind of the only destination he had listed. It ended up getting the price down enough where another team could come in and try to swoop in and, and get him, right? Toronto attempted to do that. And 
Um, Milwaukee ended up coming out on the other on the other side with that same exact blueprint and executing it perfectly. I, I think the thing is though, and it's been reported now, is that he ended up kind of telling them, "I'd be down to play in Milwaukee and Brooklyn," and it is what it is. Like I'm not going to mad at him for saying that those are teams that he will be down to play for. You know, Heat fans can't be mad. At, like it's it's he gets to do what he wants. But if you're saying part of the reason he didn't end up here is because he was willing to concede. And then, of course, the, the fact that he was willing to go back to Portland after all of this. So, yeah, he didn't hold all the way steady. He held steady for a long time. You know, Goodwin was doing the work behind the scenes to try to, you know, get his client where he wanted to go. Then they, they ended up conceding some ground and got him sent to, you know, the land of cheese or whatever. So, like, good for him. They're going to contend. Um, you know, they're going to be a great team. I was thinking about Damian's pick and roll today with Middleton uh, kind of waiting on the wings, and it made me want to puke a little bit. Uh, but it, it just comes down to I don't really blame Dame for, you know, at that point after the way they treated him for just being like, okay, I just got to find a way to get out of here. Because I, he was actually willing to go back. Like, that is astounding. It was easily the number one takeaway from that whole thing, which it was a great piece. I recommend everybody read it. A lot of stuff in there. Um but yeah, like this whole thing has just left me exhausted, confused, bewildered. Um, and it's, I don't blame Dame and, and Goodwin for conceding. Like they can do what they want. If he's willing to play there, he's willing to play there. That's fine. But, you know, uh, the Blazers' pettiness ended up winning out, right? And, and them kind of getting what they wanted, which was getting Dame anywhere else but Miami, because that was apparently a priority over getting back, you know, a, a better package. But that shouldn't have been the priority. There, there are two takeaways I think that came out of today for me, other than the way that they treated a franchise icon, which I don't think is going to be forgotten for a long time. The first thing is, it's pretty damn clear that there were a whole bunch of reporters who had stuff in the holster to counter what the ESPN mouthpiece was putting out there the entire time, because there was no detail from that person, and it seemed like whether it was you know Haynes, Shams, Amick. Uh, they, and I, I know a little of the inside politics on some of this stuff. They held that stuff. They held that stuff to basically counter the ridiculous narrative that was out there yesterday that again, the Blazers and Joe Cronin made this genius deal, which is what I said was going to be said on ESPN by that particular reporter the entire time. So that's number one, but number two is it leads to a more complex complicated conversation about the heat which we're going to have in the next couple of days because the easy place to go is they f this up right like that's where a lot of fans wanted to go at first and our frustrations yesterday led us to some of that stuff right like they had to get a deal done i said that they had to get a deal done and i i'm still frustrated that they didn't get a deal done because this was the guy this guy asked to go to you okay he was the perfect fit but And I knew from my behind-the-scenes conversations how frustrated they were with the Blazers, how frustrated players on the Heat were with the Blazers. Okay, so we knew all that. We were kind of reporting it, suggesting it, throwing it out and off the floor, hinting it, all the rest of that. We knew that. But I don't think we knew the depth of it. No. Like, it's one thing to say they didn't want to interact with the Heat and they were going to go shop for other offers and maybe bring it back to Miami and try to do right by Dane. What is very clear right now is they never had any intention of doing right by Dane. It, that didn't even enter into the equation. I'm not even sure that they had ever any, any intention of doing right by themselves. They wanted to do wrong by Dame and wrong by the Heat. 
And I'm going to have a hard time ripping the heat for that. Amen. Now, where they go from here, how they spend from here, which is one of the topics we wanted to get into, because the heat, to me, you're either all in or you're not. When I see what the Warriors do with the money that they spend and the extra, you know, the, and the lanes that they go, I don't feel the Heat are an all-in organization. I feel like the Heat do enough to get by and then trust their coach because it's easier to pay your coach more or your GM more or others in the front office more because that doesn't count against the luxury tax and it doesn't multiply. So it's a it's a question of trying to sort of squeeze out as much as you can. And that was going to be our topic today as we got into whether or not there's still a championship window for Jimmy Butler and whether the heat will go all out to open it a little bit. We're going to save that for the next episode, but I will say the reports today for me, take the heat off the heat a little bit. Because you were dealing with a completely irrational actor. And I don't know how you handle that. I just don't. Yeah. Greg. Fully agreed. I want to take back my emotional rant from yesterday. There, I do stand by that there is no overpay, but they didn't even get the chance to overpay. So I want to close by saying, use that bloated Kyle Lowry expiring contract and bring some talent around this roster. <laughs> Do we want to read the Amin tweet on the way out the door? Yeah. Since Jimmy just yeah. co-signed it, or Jimmy's agent co-signed it, Jimmy's, right? Bernie, Bernie co-signed Lee it. Did. Yeah. Okay. So this was quoted on the the Chris Haynes piece, which and this is not irrelevant here. Amin Al Hassan, obviously Metal Lark Media now, used to be with the Phoenix Suns front office. Um, probably had an idea what was going on. I would assume he said, "Quote: I've said it time and again. In our league, nice guys finish last. You try to be the professional and do things the right way." They fuck you over. People are incentivized to be the biggest assholes imaginable or else they get run over. Kind of sounds like real life. And then Bernie Lee, Jimmy Butler's agent, quote tweeted that and said, you say a lot, you say a lot of outlandish shit, but man, you nailed this one. Co-signed it. And Bernie Lee knew what was going on, I'm sure. So not irrelevant here. He knew what was going on. Um I don't want to hear any more about the anti-player empowerment movement because we just saw the Blazers completely fuck over their 11-year franchise icon, and we just saw the Milwaukee Bucks do the same thing to a guy who helped them win a championship and declared less than 48 hours ago that he wanted to finish his career in Milwaukee. <laughs> Why is it that some – think that the contract should only apply to the players and the relationship should only apply to the players. The loyalty should only apply to the players, but it doesn't apply to the people who sign their checks. The Drew thing, that's basketball business. You can get a guy who's better. You try to make the trade. The Dame Lillard thing should never be forgotten and no free agent should ever sign with that godforsaken franchise. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off. 
buy rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill.